All right, well, we're about to begin our, our, our third week, actually, uh, of a series that we've simply called You Ask For It. The title is very self-explanatory. We are answering questions that you guys have asked. About a month ago, I gave you an opportunity to submit anonymously uh, through index cards. Write down any questions that you had about the Bible or Christianity or faith or really anything for that matter that would that would um, help you be a better Christian, a better uh, studied Christian, so that you could have explanations for things when people ask you difficult questions. And uh, first week we answered the question, can a Christian lose salvation? If you missed that, go online and watch that. Last week we talked about how to hear the voice of God. If you missed that, go back and watch that. I believe that was a very, not just because it was me speaking, but that is a very informative message. We need to know how to hear the voice of God. This week, we're, it seems like we are taking a completely different direction and going a different way. And we're going to answer the question, what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? Yeah. Oh, we got a hand clap up here. All right. Yeah. Now, now listen, please don't check out. I know that some of you are thinking, are you serious? I got up, you know, at like 9.30 this morning. To come to church to learn about dinosaurs? Listen, this, this is a very important question. And the reason it's important is, is not so much of, as what does the Bible say about dinosaurs. The question is really more specifically, how do you explain um, the, the discrepancy in the time period when scientists and geologists and, and paleontologists, is that the right word? And, and archaeologists will, will say that the earth is like millions and billions of years old, but yet the Bible seems to imply that the earth is only 6,000 years old. So this is a very important question because evolutionists will use this as, a, as, a, as an argument to discredit the Word of God. And if they can get you to thinking that God's Word cannot be trusted then it's hard to uh, understand God and to trust Him in other areas as well because now you're doubting this specific area. So don't check out this morning, even though this may be a question that you think, well, this is, this is silly. It's not silly. We need to have an understanding. and We need to be able to explain to those who would try to discredit the Bible, the trustworthiness of the Bible, by talking about this discrepancy in time as to when dinosaurs actually existed, or even if they did exist. We're going to talk about that. So, there are three ground rules that I always have anytime I do a series of hot topics or questions, especially questions like this that, that maybe the Bible may not be a real clear on. Three rules that I follow. Number one is if the Bible speaks directly about the topic, we stand on the Word of God and we will not waver. That's what the Bible says. We're Christians, we follow the Word of God, that's where we're going to uh, take our stance. Number two, if the Bible does not speak directly about the topic, we will look for biblical principles that may apply. Number three, if the Bible does not speak directly or we cannot find any principles uh, to support uh, the topic, I will simply say this is my personal opinion. Okay? I have the right to do that because I'm, I'm speaking and you ask for it. Now, you have the right to, to agree or disagree. We're not going to have church splits. We're not going to have arguments. We're not going to break up friendships just because I may believe a certain way than you do. But I will give you biblical support for why I believe that way. All right? Now, the, the last thing I do want to say is this, is this is very hard for me to talk about because I'm not one of those things that I just said well ago. I'm not an archaeologist. I'm not a geologist. I'm not a scientist. I am not a paleontologist. I, I'm not into the... This is not my wheelhouse. 
I am a teacher of the Word of God. And so I tell you that this morning because I'm, I'm going to spend the first few moments uh, reading to you a lot of information, a lot of data that I've gleaned over the last couple of weeks researching this. Um, so don't check out. It's very important as to why people believe a certain way. So back to the question, what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? First of all, we need to understand that the reason we need clarity on this is because dinosaurs is one of, if not the biggest supportive arguments for evolutionists against creationists. And what is a creationist? A creationist is us Christians who believe in, in, that God created things and that there was a timeline and how and when he created those. And the evolutionist argument is that dinosaurs appear to have existed millions of years before man was created, which would throw a huge wrinkle in the creation account that we find in Genesis. And this is important, and I want you to understand that the enemy will use anything, even dinosaurs, to try to discredit the Word of God. So it's very important that we answer this question. So the first place I want to take you is all the way back to the beginning. Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis, so I'll give you a little bit of uh, maybe Bible understanding this morning. For those of you that don't know, Genesis simply means beginning. Genesis chapter number 1, we're going to read verses 24 through 31, quite a bit of scripture this morning, so if my sermon bombs, at least you will have gotten the word of God. <laughs> okay, alright, so Genesis chapter number 1, begin reading at verse number 24, it says this, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Verse 30, also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Verse 31 is very crucial. Then God said, every, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening... And the morning were the sixth day. Now, I have this highlighted on the screen. I want to emphasize this because I believe, this is my personal opinion, I believe that this implies a literal day. Okay? I believe that God created the earth in six literal days. There are a lot of people who believe in gap theories where, you know, there's a big gap between day one and day two. A lot of people who will say, you know, they'll use the verse where it talks about uh, a thousand years with us as a day to the Lord and, and, and vice versa. A day with the Lord is a thousand years to us. And they don't necessarily believe in uh, six literal days. And this is how a lot of people will explain the, the discrepancy in time for uh, explaining dinosaurs. 
But I believe that God created the earth in six literal days. I, I believe this phrase right here validates that. It supports that. It defines what a day was. The evening and the morning was a day. Matter of fact, if you go back and you read the previous verses, you're going to find he uses the same wording. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. The evening and the morning was this. I believe also there's a principle there that indicates six literal days. God tells us to work six days and to rest on the seventh day. God did the exact same thing when he was uh, creating the heavens and the earth. He made the earth in six literal days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. So I believe in six literal days of creation. Now, why is this important? Because knowing this helps us calculate the age of man and animals. For example, from the first man, Adam, to Jesus is approximately 4,000 years. From Jesus to today is approximately 2,000 years, plus 18. You know, I'm just approximately. So from Adam, the creation of the first man until now is 6,000 years, which tells us, according to the Bible, that the earth is 6,000 years old. Now, this belief was never really even an issue until about 200 years ago when geology really began to advance. And over the course of time, scientists began making significant advancements in their studies. And with their technology advancements and increasing information, they have been able to determine that the earth is approximately 4.6 billion years old. Now that creates a big problem. Because science says the earth is 4.6 billion years old, the Bible seems to imply that the earth is 6,000 years old. There lies the problem. And there's, here's where, you know, especially young people, as you're in high school, as you get into college, they, they, will, they will push their theory on you um, to try to get you to believe in evolution, try to get you to believe that the Bible cannot be trusted. Now, keep in mind, this is part of the same group that once believed that the earth was flat. And one of the ways that geologists, people who study the earth, have arrived at 4.6 billion years is through a study that they call uniformity. I don't know how many has ever heard that word. I, I had not heard it until just recently uh, doing the study on this. And the theory of uniformity or the method of uniformity is simply the idea that how the earth changes today and the rate at which the earth is changing today has always remained the same. As a matter of fact, here's a definition I want to put it on the screen for you just so you know that I'm not making this stuff up. This is the definition of uniformity from the Encyclopedia Britannica. It says this, It's the doctrine in geology suggesting that the Earth's geological processes acted in the same manner and with essentially the same intensity in the past as they do in the present and that such uniformity is sufficient to account for all geological change. In other words, as I said a while ago, how the earth is changing today, how it is evolving, how it is eroding and, and different sedimentation layers and things like this are, are, are accumulating, how and the rate at which it's doing that today has remained the same throughout the history of earth. And uniformity would look at sediment layers or the eroding effects in the Grand Canyon to determine the years between each layer. They look at the canyon. They see the different sedimentation layers. And they say, okay, well, here's how many. Here is 100 years. Here is 1,000 years just by looking at the layers of rock and the formation. For example, 
Using the study of uniformity, geologists would say that over the last 200 years, with the river running through the Grand Canyon at the rate that it is now, has caused the canyon to get a few more inches deep. They would then use that same ratio of calculation to determine that if the canyon is thousands of miles deep, it would have taken millions of years for the earth to be in the form that we see it in today. That's the theory of uniformity, that, that how the river is carving out the canyon today at that rate over 200 years, it's, these are, these, I'm using examples here, has carved out 200, or, or two inches of, of canyon. They would take that and figure out how deep the canyon is and multiply that times that ratio to determine that's why the earth is millions of years old. But their calculations are based on assumption. They're assuming that sedimentation and erosion effects that we see today are happening at the same rate that they always have. That nothing has changed. The way things are now are a result of the way that things have always been. However, one only needs to look back to the year of 1980. I know that sounds like ancient times to you young folks. To see that this study of geological uniformity cannot be trusted. How many were alive in the 80s? The 80s were the best 15 years of my life. Just seeing if y'all are still awake this morning. In 1980, I was eight years old. In 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted and produced a 140th scale model of the Grand Canyon in just a short period of time. And looking at this canyon today it would appear that it took a very long time for the Toodle River to erode the canyon. However, because of the catastrophic eruption, it happened very quickly. Uh, for those who may not be tracking, if you look at this, this canyon at, at the Mount St. Helens as it, as it carved out this canyon, it, it looks like, it would appear that it took thousands of years for that river to carve that canyon out. However, back in 1980, you can go home and research this, it carved that canyon out in just a few short days. And the point I want to make by using this example is that the results of a major catastrophic event can appear to be thousands of years old when in reality, they're only a few days old. These geologists that are finding fossils that appear to be millions of years old are basing their age process on uniform methodology. In other words, they're saying that the things, how things are now are the way that they've always been, that the earth has evolved at a uniform rate over time. However, the present-day erosion conditions applied uniformly in the past could never account for the unusual formations of the Grand Canyon, neither could they account for all the buried bodies that have been found fossilized. Now, let's go back to the Bible. Uh, 2 Peter chapter number 3, verses 1 through 7. Let's look at this together. Now, keep in mind this, this method of uniformity that many scientists are using to calculate how old the earth is. This method of uniformity is saying that the rate and the way that the earth is changing now has stayed the same throughout history. That's how we can calculate how old that it is. Let's, let's look at the Bible. 
Verse 1, this is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Verse 3, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers, scoffers are simply people who mock they're mockers, they're people who will mock the Word of God. In the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. Now, I just want to stop there for just a second. We see this very prominent in our world right now. I mean, it is, it is people will mock the truth. They make up whatever that they want. Maybe their intentions are not to discredit the Word of God, but their intentions are more to follow their own desires and, and, and to support their own uh, beliefs. But what they're doing is actually what the Word of God says. They're mocking the truth and following their own desires. They're mocking what the Word of God says. And we see it even today and even to this topic that we're talking about with dinosaurs today. People will mock what the Word of God has to say and come up with their own theory as to support what they believe. They'll look for evidence to prove that the Bible cannot be trusted. Verse number 4, he goes on to say this. They will say, these mockers will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? Look at this. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Remember, this is what the mockers are saying. He says they're going to come and they're going to say things. Well, what happened about the promise that Jesus is coming again? Because all the way back from the time of our, our ancestors to the day that we're living in now, everything has remained the same. Nothing has changed. Verse 5, they deliberately, deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of His command, that He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it if, with water. I find it very interesting that he goes right from saying that they'll, all, they'll say that the earth has always been this way to talking about the great flood. Very important. Keep that in mind. Verse 6. Then God used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. Once again, the Apostle Peter here is warning us that scoffers, mockers, were, would assume that everything has remained the same since the world began. And this is why geologists today are telling us that fossils are millions of years old. But once again, as I said earlier, their methods of calculation are incorrect. They're not considering catastrophes that completely changed the conditions of this planet. One of those catastrophes, and the one that the Bible just referenced, is the great flood of Noah. As a matter of fact, I want to look at this once again in, in Genesis chapter number 1. And before I get ready to read this, I want our, our brains to, to receive revelation this morning. I, I think, you know, obviously we live in Arkansas, and, and over the course of my 45 years on this earth, I, I've seen some floods here in the River Valley that you're like, oh my goodness, there is water everywhere. But I think that we greatly underestimate what happened in the days of Noah. We, we think about a flood as, you know, we have a few feet of water and, you know, my basement flooded or things like this. But we're talking about complete catastrophic destruction that changed the face of the earth. 
And I want to show you this. Let's look at what the earth was like before the flood. In verse number 6 of Genesis chapter number 1, Then God said, Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. I have this emphasized here because I want you to see what the earth was like before the flood. There was, there was waters above the earth and waters on the earth. So there was like this big um, sphere or dome or, or covering of the earth with water. Verse 7, and that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens, and God called the space sky, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the second day. There's that phrase again. Now, look at the devastation of the flood. Genesis chapter 7, verses 11 through 12. When Noah was 600 years old, that's old, on the 17th day of the second month, look at this, we're talking about, I want you to see the, the, the catastrophic destruction of this flood. We're not just talking about rain that came and, and rivers overflow in their banks. We're talking about all the underground waters erupted from the earth. All of them. And the rain, the, the, the waters above the earth, just fell in mighty torrents from the sky. And the rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, this, guys, this is not just a, a, a flood. This, this is a catastrophic event. And why am I telling you this? Why, why am I reading this? Because I believe that just like the Mount St. Helens eruption that produced in a very short period of time multiple layers of sedimentation and erosion that appear to be thousands of years old, the great flood in Noah's day did the exact same thing, only on a grander scale. This is why I believe that scientists and geologists and evolutionists believe that the earth is millions of years old. And then they argue with creationists who try to believe a different Theory, and they try to discredit the word of God that our belief is actually wrong. However, scientists aren't digging up anything that has labels on them. All that geologists and paleontologists and archaeologists are, are uncovering are, are bones, and, dina, are bones and, and fossils. And none of those things have labels that tell how long they've been in there. I thought you guys would at least smile or laugh at that. <laughs> it's too late now, stop it. <laughs> the idea of millions of years of evolution is just a theory about the past. There were no scientists there to see the dinosaurs live throughout this supposed dinosaur age. In fact, there is no proof whatsoever that the world and its fossil layers are millions of years old. It is simply just a theory. I believe that scientists only find bones and, and because many of them are evolutionists, they try to fit the story of the dinosaurs into their belief. So, did dinosaurs actually exist? And if so, what happened to them? Now we're going to get a little bit more interesting. And why aren't they mentioned in the Bible? I would argue that they are mentioned in the Bible. But you have to keep in mind that the word dinosaur wasn't even invented until the 
1841. So you're, you're not, I mean, that's for one, that's why the, the word dinosaur itself was not in the Bible because it was only invented just a few hundred years ago. But let's look at a few interesting verses. You might want to write these down, do some, do some research yourself. Genesis chapter number 1, verse 21. This is the King James Version. God created great whales and every living creature that moved. I have that word whales emphasized there because it comes from the Hebrew word tanin. And the word tanin, the Hebrew word, means sea monster, and it is translated 21 other times in the Bible as dragon. Job chapter number 41 describes in great detail a creature called Leviathan, a sea monster, a great dragon. Matter of fact, go home, go home today and read Job chapter 40 and Job chapter 41. Okay, that's your, that's your assignment. Some of you thought it was Job and you didn't have any interest, interest in reading that. That's Job, okay? It describes in great detail this creature called Leviathan, a creature described as being no match for humans. A creature that is described as a fire-breathing dragon that could stand upright. It's also described in verse 34 as being the king of all the beasts. Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1, we have this one on the screen for you. In that day the Lord will take His terrible swift sword against uh, and punish Leviathan, the swiftly moving serpent, the coiling, writhing serpent. He will kill the dragon of the sea. Psalm chapter 74, verse 13. The, the psalmist here is speaking to God and he says, You split the sea by your strength and you smash the heads of the sea monsters. Job chapter 40, verses 15 through 19. This is God speaking to Job. God says this, Take a look at behemoth, which I made, just as I made you. It eats grass like an ox. See its powerful loins and the muscles of its belly. Its tail as strong as a cedar. That's a cedar tree. That's a strong, powerful tail. The sinews of its thighs are knit together. Its bones are tubes of bronze. Its limbs are bars of iron. It's a prime example of God's handiwork and only its creator can threaten it. You're talking about, I mean, this is the king of all beasts here, this, this great creature. So, so what happened to them? Were they on the ark? Specifically the, the little purple one. Is he on the ark? I, I, try, to, I try to bring humor to, to lighten the mood, okay? Because I know some of you, are just, you're taking this, you're just, you're just eating this up and you're, you're not breathing right. So, so what was, I, I believe dinosaurs are mentioned in the Bible. I just read you some things there. Were they on the ark? I believe the fact that they're mentioned in the book of Job gives us reason to believe that they survived the flood. God said, take two of every kind of animal. That's important. I was explaining this to my kids last night. That When he, when he says that, obviously there are, there are multiple different breeds of dogs, right? So when, when, when uh, Noah is taking two of every kind on the, on the ark, he's not taking two labs, two poodles, two, you know, uh, whatever. I, I, my, my brain is, is fried right now. Or uh, German shepherds or St. Bernard. He's taking two dogs. Y'all tracking with me? Okay. So God said take two of every kind of animal. And, and, and research tells us that the average dinosaurs were about the size of a pony. 
Plus, it would make sense that you would take young animals on the ark for a couple of reasons. One, they're smaller. you got more room. For two, they're probably more fertile to uh, replenish the earth. So I believe they were on the ark. So what happened to them? If they, if they survived the flood, what happened to them? Probably a few of the sea creatures survived the flood, but not many. None of the land animals survived except those who were on the ark. And all the land animals, including dinosaurs, found the new world to be much different than the one before the flood. Remember, I, I take you all the way back to, to Genesis chapter number 1 where it talked about the earth or the, the waters that covered the earth. I, I believe that, that it created this almost like greenhouse effect. And uh, vegetation was growing at a rapid pace, and, and all the animals were, were vegetarians. That's, that's what they would eat. But after the flood, after the destruction, the, the world changed, and food was no longer in abundance like it was. Man started killing for food. Habitats were destroyed, and the climate changed drastically. I believe the dinosaurs could not, this is my opinion, but I believe the dinosaurs could not adjust or adapt to the new climate and became extinct. But we cannot rule out the fact that there could be some types of dinosaurs that still exist today. Now, back to our original question, what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? I believe the Bible gives us substantial evidence that dinosaurs and other large dragons and beasts once existed. However, the argument is not over whether or not they existed. The argument is over how long ago they existed. Because evolutionists want us to believe that they existed millions of years ago, which would make the creation account of the Bible untrustworthy. But I'm here to tell you, and you you need to search this out for yourself, I'm here to tell you that the Bible can be and should be trusted. Because it is the Word of God. It is the inspired Word of God. Just because evolutionists tell you one thing doesn't mean that it's true. I believe that it takes just as much faith to be an evolutionist and believe in an old earth as it does to be a Christian and be a creationist. God created everything And he has a plan for everything. And I believe that everything fits in his timeline of creation. So so as you're getting these arguments from evolutionists and and different people who study out and they will argue that the earth is millions and millions millions of years old, don't be swayed by that. Stick to what the Word of God says. If they're asking about dinosaurs, show them some of the verses that I talked about. Give them the explanation. Well, yes, I believe they existed. I believe that they were there alongside of man. But here's what happened to them. And stick to it. Give them biblical, supportive evidence as to why you believe that. Not just, well, you know, I just believe because I just believe. They're going to have their their educated response. We need to have our educated response. The Bible talks about, and I know it's talking about a, a different context, but the Bible talks about be ready at all times to give an account for why you believe the way you believe. In closing this morning, No matter what science and evolutionists try to tell you, the Bible is the only reliable source. 
Young people especially listen to me because our, our world today has, has gotten completely away from the Word of God. It, to, to the world, this is an irrelevant book. It's just another book. It's not the truth. That's what our culture today will tell you. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible is the only source that can be trusted. Why? Because it's God's Word. It's His Word. We, we read Genesis 1. In the beginning, God spoke and His Word created everything. His breath created you. His, his, his breath breathed life into you. And His Word can be trusted. And the reason that this question and this topic about dinosaurs is, is important today is because if we can see in the Bible and give a, a valid biblical response as to our belief. And like, here, here's supportive evidence of what we believe about dinosaurs and the timeline and how they existed. We know that the Bible can be trusted. And if the Bible can be trusted, you have to ask the next question, what else does it say? What else does the Bible say? And it says lots of things concerning you and concerning your future and the life that God has for you. But the most important thing that the Bible says is found in John chapter 3, verse 16. All of you probably know this. John 3, 16, this is the New Living Translation. Jesus says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone, this is very important, who believes in Him, who believes in Him. That doesn't just mean, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we taught on can a Christian lose salvation. That word believes there means to, to trust in Him. And when you're truly trusting in something, you're acting and living in a way that supports what your mind is saying. To trust in Jesus is to not just say, yeah, Lord, I, I trust you. To trust in Jesus is to, to get into His Word, to see what He has to say and follow that way. Will there be mistakes along the way? Absolutely. Will we fail? Will we come up short from time to time? Absolutely. But we continue to trust in Him. We confess our sins. We ask Him to forgive us. We ask Him to, to give us a, a, a fresh outlook on life. To, we ask Him to, to give us a desire and a hunger for His Word. But that's what it means to truly believe in Him. And those who fully are trusting in Him, they will not perish. That word perish means to, to be eternally separated from God. If you truly trust in Jesus, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. I think that is the goal of all of us. Whether you are a Christian this morning or not, I believe your goal is to have eternal life. And the only way that's possible is by trusting in Jesus. That's the only hope for eternal life. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning and close your eyes. And, and just, I, I know the topic was, was different today. I, I, I'm not trying to discredit that by no means. I believe it was very um, critical that we need to talk about this besides someone. I don't know who it was. Somebody asked for it. So as your pastor, I want to help you. But right now, I just want you to ask, ask yourself, what, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to me today? What, what is it? Maybe he's, he's drawing you to take step of baptism. You've maybe never made the decision to be baptized. Maybe he's taking you to step to, or calling you to step out in, into some ministry or to, or to serve in a greater capacity. Maybe he's speaking to you about giving. 
If you're not a Christian this morning, maybe he's through this message today, he's trying to convince you that he's God. And that even though evolutionists and and people who believe in an old earth will try to discredit the word of God, that his word does not change. His word stands alone. His word supports itself. And that he's trying to convince you today that he's real. He's the creator. He's the beginning. He's the end. All things begin and end with Him. And He's drawing you today to trust in Him. Whatever He's speaking to you this morning, let your answer be yes, Lord. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, and today you want to put your faith and your trust in Him and ask Him to to forgive you of your sins and give you that eternal life, I just want you to simply raise your hand and put it right back down. I want to know this this God that you're speaking about. I want to know this Creator. I want to know Him. Is there one that's in this room that would say, that's me? Amen. Father, I thank you so much for this time that we've been able to spend together. I thank you so much, God, for your word. God, your word is real. Your word is very relevant to our lives. God, your word is practical. Your word has the answers to every question that we could ever ask. Many times, Lord, maybe the the answer is unclear to us just because our minds have been programmed to think a certain way and we can't even begin to accept anything different than that. I pray this morning, God, even though we've talked about a, a, a different topic, I pray that today that our minds are open to You, that You are the Creator and that You and Your Word has an explanation for all things and that we will not be wavering in our belief in you because of what science may teach us God but but we we know that Lord that that science ultimately supports the Bible it validates the Bible God because you created nature God you created all life Father I pray that today Lord that our minds would would be quick to tune in to you that our minds would be quick to go to the word of God when we're faced with controversy we're faced with difficult circumstances, when we're faced with trials, when we're faced with burdens and stress and anxiety, God, that our minds and our hearts would go to your word and that we would find refuge in you. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people today and and to help us to grow as disciples and followers of you to win the world for Christ. God, If there's an empty seat next to us today, God, help us to witness to someone this week and bring that person with us next week so that they can hear the gospel. We love you, Lord, and we give you praise for all things in Jesus' name. Amen.